Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Let's join together in prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, we exalt you. We praise you for what you've given to us today in a time of worship, a time of celebration, a time of rejoicing over your love in us. Lord, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts now. Father, continue to work in us. Lord, help us to continue to worship you. And Lord, may our, our, our thoughts and our, our minds be centered upon you as we seek to glorify you through the study of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn with me once again to the book of Jonah. We've been looking at the life of Jonah and, and all the, the things that he's done. We're in chapter 3 at this time. Uh, Jonah has, uh, we saw a man on the run in Jonah and how he uh, ran from God's uh, God's. Uh, direction in his life to go and to preach to the Ninevites, uh, the Assyrians. Uh, uh, those Ninevites were uh, a part of the Assyrian nation, and, and uh, Jonah didn't like him very uh, like them very much because of the way they uh, were towards others when they uh, they were just a warring nation. Just put it that way. They uh, were people who would not only take uh, people captive, but they would mistreat them and, and just do all kinds of things to people. Uh, and so Jonah didn't like them one bit. They uh, were, uh, he was prejudiced towards them, just let's put it bluntly. And, and Jonah had the opinion that, and unfortunately I think uh, it's the opinion of a lot of people to this day, the gospel is for us, not for them. Whoever us might be to you. Now, for Jonah, it was uh, he felt like God, Yahweh, was for Israel. Yahweh wasn't for anyone else. God wasn't supposed to be for anybody else. And so Jonah had a prejudice in that he felt like uh, God was supposed to be, uh, the people of Israel were the people of God. So anybody else out there in the world didn't deserve God because they weren't uh, part of Israel, or the, the children of Israel. Now, unfortunately, we've got that kind of attitude today. Uh, God is for the people of the church. We're, God's not for those people out there in the world, those people that got tattoos all over their body and enough uh, piercings in their body to make them whistle when they drive, uh, ride a bike down the road, you know, got, you know, going through all them holes in them and everything. You got some people that got so much lead in them, help, heaven help them, if they ever fall in the water, they'll just sink to the bottom because all the sinkers they got uh, planted in their ears and noses and all over the places and everything. But those, you know, those are things of the world today. 
that people do today, it doesn't disqualify them for the gospel. It doesn't mean that they don't deserve the message of God's love. It means it might mean that they need the gospel more than other people. You know, these people that I love to go after those people that have that coexist uh, sticker on the bottom, uh, back of their cars, you know. Uh, they're so uh, messed up. They don't know uh, anything about uh, the gospel message and I like to share with those people because they think they have it all wrapped up. They think they that all roads lead to God. Uh, that that you know uh, Christianity and Hinduism and Buddhism and and Islam and all that's all just pointing to God and they're the people that need the message of the gospel most of all because listen uh, when you read God's word and it says I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me there you can't have uh, that thought of well I, you know those people that are uh, Buddhists uh, you know they're finding their way to God and their way no Jesus says I am the way the truth and life no one comes to the Father but through Him. So we've got the truth. We've got the message of God's love. We need to share it with others. Jonah was a man on the run. He didn't want to take it to Nineveh. He he felt like if he uh, was called of God to go share this message to the people of Nineveh, then he was going to run away. Remember all this from the first uh, chapter of uh, Jonah? So he ran and he ran and, he, and his idea of running wasn't that he was running from God and that he could get away from God, but he was running away from the influence of God in his life. And that it, don't we do that, you know, today? When we're caught up in a sinful attitude and sinful behavior, when we're falling away from God, don't we run away from God too? We, it's not that we believe that we can get away from God, but shoot, we're not going to go to church because God's going to speak to us hard, uh, the, the loudest there. We've got so many influences of God. You don't read the Bible when you're in the midst of sin because you know that God's going to speak to your heart. You certainly don't uh, go to, in uh, your prayer Bible study and not feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon your heart for the sin for sin in your life. You've got to, and that was what Jonah was doing. He was sinning. He was going away from what God wanted him to do in his life. He was doing that which God had told uh, didn't tell him to do. He didn't tell him to go down to. Uh, uh, Joppa to get on a boat and go in the opposite direction from Nineveh. He wanted him to go and spread the gospel. He he wanted Jonah to go and to preach a message of repentance to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah didn't want to do that. So he said, well, if God's dependent on me, I'm going to go and get away from where God wants me to be. So while he's on the boat, he falls asleep. And of course, uh, a great storm comes up and the sailors, these salty men, they all become like scared little Girl Scouts. Uh, they get so frightened. because, And that's a, that's a disparaging word against Girl Scouts. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> they, they got scared and they 
they were crying out to their gods and they were crying out for everybody to pray to their gods and they wanted uh, everybody to pray because they had done everything they could to keep that boat afloat and everything they were doing wasn't helping. And so they finally come, as they're throwing stuff off, they come upon Jonah uh, sitting down there asleep and they say, well, should we throw him overboard now or wake him up and see if he'll pray for his God? So they woke him up and... They uh, they say, okay, well, we we need to find out why it is that uh, that all this is happening. They realize it's supernatural. These guys know the sea, and they realize that what's going on is supernatural. And then Jonah also tells them, hey, this is cause of me. I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, and <laughs> he says. In order to save you, you need to throw me overboard. Now, Jonah's thought is, this sounds a little bit like he's being very uh, altruistic. He's being very willing to, uh, to sacrifice his life in order to save them. But what I pointed out last time was is that this is not necessarily Jonah having this great generous feeling but rather his desire to say well if God's going to pursue me I'm going to just tell them to throw me overboard and I can't go and talk to these people if I'm dead that's really what Jonah was saying he wasn't saying hey save yourself by throwing me overboard uh, he was saying basically if I have if God's going to pursue me and wants me to go that much then throw me overboard because his hatred for the Ninevites was so much, much that he didn't want even to live if it meant that they would find God's grace. Now, there's not a lot of us who will go around and you know, want to commit suicide in order to keep from going out and share the gospel. You don't have to. Most of us go about our life. We act as if there's no, you know, you read Matthew 28 uh, earlier in discipleship training. Jesus Christ tells us to go. Well, most of us just, uh, I hate to say it, in the church today, uh, act as if that's for somebody else. Go, okay, well, that means the pastor. He's supposed to go. Or that means the uh, the deacons and the pastor and Sunday school teachers. But really, Jesus said, who's supposed to go? Everyone. All of us are to go. If we count ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ, then what he's saying is, is we must go. We must go and make disciples of everyone throughout the world to go to all nations baptizing them teaching them uh, the, the teachings that Jesus was t- uh, had taught them and making them disciples as well we don't commit suicide we just commit apathy we don't care we don't do what Jesus calls us to do and so if we, we can't cast a spurgeon upon Jonah here for acting this way if we're sitting around doing nothing for Jesus Christ. If we're not going out and sharing the gospel, if we're not going out telling other people about the love of Christ, if we're not doing the things that we know that we should do, 
then we're, we're just as guilty as, as Jonah. Jonah is there and he is uh, taking a, a header down into the water and God has mercy on Jonah and he uh, sends a, fish, a great fish and most people think it's a whale. It says a great fish, not a great mammal. So it's a fish, not a, a whale. Anyway, God... And look... If God can cause a fish to swallow a man and keep him alive for three days in the belly of the fish and then spit him up on dry land, God could create a fish in an instant specifically just to transport Jonah. He could call up a fish that man's never seen before. He could call up a fish that uh, so big that it would swallow the whole ship, let alone Jonah. So... It doesn't have to be a whale. It doesn't have to be a fish that we know about. Uh, this is what makes so many people disbelieve the book of Jonah, though, is that uh, here we have a fish uh, that swallows a man. He's big enough to swallow a person and has uh, gulped up enough air to support that man underwater for three days. The, the digestive juices don't work on him to start causing him to, to be... Uh, decomposed look let's just say it this is a miracle okay if it's a miracle it's a miracle and if it's a miracle then God can make that situation whatever he wants it to be so we left Jonah and he'd been spit up on dry ground Uh, and verse 10 of chapter 2 it says and the Lord spake unto the fish and uh it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. I like that image. God speaking to the fish and causing the fish to do His bidding. It shows that He's the God of all things, not just God who creates a situation or causes a situation. Look, a miracle is a supernatural event that it goes beyond natural uh uh, explanation. So this was a miracle that, that God caused him to to uh, uh, be swallowed and kept preserved, and now the miracle uh, continues with him being spat up on dry land. So chapter three is where we are, and chapter two was all about God demonstrating His grace, the kind of grace He desired to demonstrate to Nineveh, to Jonah. Jonah, remember, as we talked about in chapter 1, had uh, believed that that God's grace was too good for the people of Nineveh. Now we see Jonah having God's grace demonstrated to him, and Jonah really didn't deserve it. So Jonah's getting a a little dose of what he... uh, a little dose of medicine to him demonstrating to Jonah he doesn't deserve God's grace, but God's going to give him grace. And it causes a change of heart. Look at chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh. Notice uh, verse 2 and 3. And really, verse 1, except for the, the phrase where it says, A second time. Uh, it's identical to chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It says, The word of the Lord came unto Jonah 
saying, Arise and go into Nineveh, a great city, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city of three days' journey. Now, we don't know... Now, when we read through this, the implication is is that Jonah got up from being spat up on dry ground and immediately walked into Nineveh like it was down the block. The wording of the text here in verse 3 when it says that Jonah got up (coughs) implies that Jonah arose and went into Nineveh. It took some time for him to get... He didn't get spat up on on the coast. And Nineveh is not on the coast of any body of water. So when he got spat up on dry ground and the point of him entering into Nineveh took some time, a week, a month, a couple of months, but it shows uh, Jonah's willingness to do God's will, to go to Nineveh as God had directed him initially to go. And it says that Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days' journey. It... A great city, uh, Nineveh was a great city. Now, it doesn't mean that Nineveh was great, as in, whoo they're great people. It means that it was of exceeding uh, importance or size, meaning that either it took three days to journey through Nineveh, or it was the kind of prestigious place where it took, if you did a diplomatic uh trip to Nineveh. Here's Jonah. He is a representative of God. He is an envoy from Israel. If he goes into a city and uh, and is carrying a message from uh, his country, then it means that that city is worth three days being there. You go into the city, You uh, in, introductions are all made the first day. The second day, you are taking care of business that you've come for, and then the third day is a wrapping up of all the diplomatic visits and everything. Um, I tend to think it is a combination of both, that it is a city big enough to where it takes him takes you three days to journey through, but it's also an important city in that it it's not a bump in the road. It's not a city that, that is uh, of insignificance, but it is a city of great significance that there is a presence of a king in that city. Now, there were a lot of... When we think of king, we think of what? Uh, comes to mind first is maybe King Arthur or uh, King Edward. You know, we think of England with a king as king of a great nation. But many cities, uh, many of these city states, uh, they were independent cities, were not part of a whole co- uh, collective of cities. They had their own king. But this is a city that is a part of Assyria. So when it speaks of the king, it's it's, uh, speaking of not just the king. It's not a king of Nineveh. 
in a few moments when it talks about the turning of the heart of the king. It's talking about the king of Assyria. So uh, Nineveh is an important city and something like this that happens within the city has such significance that it gathers the attention of the whole nation, not just the city itself. So in verse 3, Jonah goes to Nineveh. Verse 4, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's the basic message. It's not the only thing he said, but he's basically saying, Look, Nineveh, if you don't change, if you don't uh, repent, then your city is not going to be the same as it is today. It's not. It's going to be overthrown. It's going to be uh, turned upside down. Uh, it's going. To, you're no longer going to have the king that you have here. You're not going to be the people that you are. It could also mean that uh, you're not going to be uh, the nation that you are today. So much so was the this message received that this, uh, it says that he's in the first day of his preaching of this. Verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of even to the least of them. So in the very first day, it didn't even take 40 days that God was given them. It didn't take three days that it took for Jonah to go through the whole city. The message of God was so primed and it was so the people were so ready for the message of God look this is uh, what we would call an outpouring of the spirit of God this is what we would call a um, a revival uh, of tremendous proportions the people were prepared by God to hear the message they heard this message of coming judgment And they were ready to repent. And so much so that during the first day, the message of Jonah swept like wildfire that it began, people not only repented, it didn't wait for Jonah to get further down. The word of God began to spread amongst the people. And it outpaced the, the pace of Jonah, is what is it saying. So it's saying that in the very first day, the people respond and they begin to, uh, they call for a fast. It's not something the government instituted. It, and, you know, when I was growing up I, and looking through this, I got confused. I thought that they heard the message and the king declared a fast. No, the people declared a fast. The people began to to change and began to to get their lives right with God, they declared a fast, and that basically is a is a sign of the the fasting and the sackcloth are all signs of repentance, a sign of uh, seeking out uh, forgiveness from God. And so the people put on sackcloth. The people fast so that they can uh, get closer to God. From the greatest to the least, they all. It didn't matter who they were. 
they all uh, began to repent. Verse 6, For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. So now the king hears about the message, and he himself as well follows suit and begins to uh, seek out repentance. And uh, verse 7 says, And he uh, caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast nor flock um, taste anything, lest they uh, not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloths and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? So the de- decree from the king comes and he says, no one or no thing is going to be exempt from our turning away from our evil to the point where he says not only every living human being in Nineveh is going to turn to God, but every creature. He, he says, look, don't even go out and feed your, your ducks. Don't feed your, your chickens. Don't feed your livestock. Everything is going to be fasting for three days. Uh, we're going to fast and we're going to put on sackcloth. We're going to be all repentant. And see, see if God will have mercy on us. Look, they realized that they didn't even deserve uh, forgiveness from God. They didn't deserve the grace. They said, we're going... And look, what's Jonah's message again? Right, it says in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. They don't even know if... Look, he's not even preaching repentance away from uh, that God will forgive them. He's just saying God's judgment is coming. You need to get right with God. In the Old West, they'd say, you're, going, you're about to meet your maker. You need to make peace with your maker because you're about to meet him. They felt as though they were going to meet, uh, come into the presence of God uh, because of judgment, and they were seeking forgiveness. And... They didn't know, and Jonah didn't know at the time, that God would would change his heart and not bring the judgment upon them. But look what it says. Um, verse 10, And God saw their works, uh, that they had turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that He had said that would come to pass unto them, and He did it, did it not. So God brings His mercy upon the people of Nineveh. Now, some observations about this. First of all, we need to understand that the whole purpose of chapter 3 is to see that Jonah, he received grace. and And for him to have a true change of heart, for him to truly be Repentant meant that he did exactly what God wanted him to do. Even though he did not like the Ninevites any more than he did before he was swallowed by the great fish, 
being swallowed by a fish didn't change the fact that he was hoping that they would not repent. It only meant that he realized that God was in control, that because God was in control, that he needed to do what God told him to do. And thirdly, he did exactly what God called him to do. And really, that's what repentance is all about, isn't it? Repentance means a turning away from doing what you want to do and turning back towards God and doing what He calls you to do. And so, Jonah, after receiving the grace of God, he repented of his evil ways and he did exactly what God called him to do. And it had the exact result that he feared would happen, didn't it? When he went into Nineveh and began to preach, the people of Nineveh heard the message of God. They repented. And because of uh, their repentance, God showed them mercy, showed them grace. That's exactly what uh, Jonah feared. So the, teach, uh, so the great truth from this is, is that God's grace is for everyone, not just for us. That God's grace is for those even that we determine are not deserving it. It's God who determines who receives His grace, not us. It's God who determines <clears throat> will uh, be spared His judgment. It's not our decision. And what we're to do is to basically obey God and do what His desire is for our life and not uh, worry about what... Uh, we're not to have prejudice against others when we're... The gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for those that we don't care for. The gospel is for those that we may not agree with. The gospel is for those who are... Look, these people were truly evil in the sight of Jonah. So if we're to think about that in terms of today, if we're to apply that today, the gospel is for, uh, for everyone, even for those who are part of uh, Islamic Jihad. The gospel is for those who we don't care for, for those who are truly evil. For The gospel is for ISIS. The gospel is for the skinhead. The gospel is for the white supremacist. The gospel is for uh, anyone who's wrapped up in hate, anyone who's, who's uh, enraptured in following after a false god. The gospel is for those who hate us and despise us, for the humanist, for the person who, who uh, uh, doesn't believe in God. The gospel is for the, uh, the person who, who believes that, that we're foolish for believing in God's Word. The gospel is for everyone. We're not the one who decides who the gospel is for. It's, god sends us to share His message of His love of His grace to everyone. And we should share it liberally and freely. As Jesus... Now, you know, this reminds me of the, of the parable that Jesus told about uh, the casting of the seeds. How uh, God goes through the, 
the vineyard and cast the seeds liberally. He cast it on all ground. He cast it on this great soil that produces a hundredfold. He cast it on the rocky ground that, that doesn't necessarily uh, want to hear the gospel. He casts it on the ground that uh, that gets choked out by the weeds. The person that, that doesn't necessarily... Uh, hear the gospel because they're so, so wrapped up in the things of the world. God's word is there for everyone to receive. His desire is that all would know Him as Savior and Lord. That all would should repent. Amen? And so, if Jesus Christ went on the cross and died for all mankind, then we should take the message of God to all mankind. He didn't die on the cross just for people that are like us. He died on the cross for all. And all, the door is wide open for all to receive the blessing of His love. And so Jonah, Jonah has been obedient. But we'll find out next time that Jonah hadn't really had a true change of heart. But as we think about this on our way home and as we think about uh, what Christ is trying to teach us uh, through the Holy Spirit in the study of Jonah, God's Word is for all. This week, as you're going throughout your week, remember that, that as God prompts you in your life, you need to share His love every with every opportunity. I think a lot of times we fail to share the Word of God because we think, you know, well, who am I that I should share His love? But if God's called us to share, we ought to share. We ought to to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ. We ought to share the love of God with others. We ought to tell others about the grace of God. Allow God to work in their life and not worry about what they might say about us or do to us or what they think about us, but simply share His message of love. Share the message of His salvation for the world. Let's pray.